The construction industry is undergoing a huge transformation. Designers and contractors are facing new challenges every day. We are all overloaded with rising material cost, a growing skilled labor gap, increasing project complexities, and countless digital solutions. This podcast focuses on innovation through process analysis, change management, and building a culture of continuous improvement. Together, we will learn from industry leaders on how to improve workflows, increase communication, and build the future. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda Harbison coming to you from the Nika Innovation Overload Podcast Studio, and I'm joined by Tahir Ali and today's special guest, Doran Nickrich, who is the president and CEO of Dynaelectric Oregon. Doran, we're so excited to have you on and talk to you today. To start off, tell us about your background and how you got into this industry. Well, thank you, Amanda. And uh, Tahir, it's a pleasure to uh, be part of this conversation today. And let me just say, I'm really excited to be part of the innovation group. And uh, I think it's very beneficial for for our company and for the industry overall. So how I got into the industry, it's actually 30 years this year when I started in this industry as a joint apprenticeship, IBEW Local 11 Los Angeles, uh, went through the apprenticeship, and then just worked my way up through every level from journeyman, foreman, general foreman, superintendent, project manager, operations manager, division manager, and then, you know, where I am now. So it's been quite a journey. And what got me really interested in this industry from the very beginning is understanding, you know, the complexity and the variety in what we do. And understanding that there's no possible way that I can learn everything. And that to me is fascinating. That's what I like, right? It's not boring. It's it's very exciting. And, and uh, I'm looking back, I'm, I, I made the right decision. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. That's awesome. And I think, you know, we'll definitely dig into a little bit more about your journey along the way, especially for a lot of our listeners who are still working in the field, just kind of how that's been for you. But one of the things that we always like to to talk with our guests about is this whole idea of innovation, right? It's become such a buzzword and you hear it everywhere. Uh, we just finished up our MEP innovation conference. But what is what does innovation mean to you, Doran? How do you how do you define that 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 intangible kind of word and phrase that's taking over everywhere, especially construction? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Everybody talks about it. From my perspective, innovation is basically the engine for growth, for sustainable growth. And that's the ultimate result of innovation. The opposite or the lack of innovation is the opposite. It's shrinking and and eventually dying as a company. And so that's also part of our vision statement as to make the competition irrelevant. Innovation can accomplish that also. So yeah, that's that's how I see it. I like that. So for someone who you've been in the field, you're now in the office and you've been everywhere in between, what has been some of the biggest obstacles between the office and the field? And what innovations do you think that we need to tackle to help that? Well, if you if you look at and by the way, the, the one of our core values is innovation too. And what what fuels that is the culture of learning, is the refined processes, right? And eliminating waste. So those are all components of, you know, fuel, fueling that innovation. But yeah, I mean, you, you look at it and I, and I just want to continue to expand a little bit on that before I answer your question. 
as far as the the importance of innovation, right? You look at getting ahead of the uh, potential uh, disruption in our industry. It's I, I think our industry is at the crossroads now with the implementation of technology and finding that that the magic bullet, the easy button, and utilizing the technology in a way that's actually going to make us more efficient. Because I think our industry has the most to grow compared to the rest. If you look at productivity in the field, our people are the, the statistics and the data out there, hands on the tool, productive work is probably 30% of the day. The rest is either essential work, which is which is important, but it's not effective work, and then the waste, right? So innovation is important to to continue to help us increase that percentage of, of productivity, right? But yeah, I mean, there's part of part of the innovation also is increasing efficiency and doing more with less. So more work with less people, right? Especially now in these times where there's a labor shortage almost everywhere and the diversity and the geographical coverage of what we do, you know, where you go in areas where there is not an available labor. So what do you do with that, right? So prefabrication is part of innovation and it, it is, you know, a solution to to the problems that, that we have as an industry. But with that, there's resistance, right? You're saying what what is resistance because there is a fear that prefabrication takes away work from craftspeople, right? So it's it's a valid concern. I think the important thing is to educate our people of what we're trying to accomplish. Yes, we can do more work with less people, but we can do more work, which require more people. So at the end, it's, it's, you know, it, it is a benefit for uh, for everyone. So I think it's, it's addressing the valid concerns that our people have. I think it's important in order to continue to improve and to make innovation acceptable. I think it's I think it's 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 a very important component. Uh, a, a lot of times not communicating enough, it could just basically destroy an idea, a great idea or 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 an implementation of a process and stop it in its tracks. That that that's so powerful and I really want to hone in Doran on something that you you touched on briefly which was you mentioned your core values so talk to me about dynaelectric oregon's core values and how that's been able to help you like you said make innovation more mainstream make it more accepted and and make it something that your company your organization welcomes rather than fears you know the 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 cycle of change well core values along with the vision and mission statements. That has to be something that you own as a company with your people. It has to be something that you created with your core group of people, not something that you hire somebody to develop for you. That is really important because if you don't believe in it, one, not believing in it, and also if there's no sweat in it, if there's no work and and, and a collaborative effort with your people, the rest of the company is not going to believe in it. It's going to be that obvious. And for us, that's that's that was you know one of the first things when I took over in this position was to really take a close look at okay who are we you know what what are we saying what are we putting on the walls right of our company and do we believe it 
And so, you know, we went out and had sessions, you know, with our senior management and, and really talked about, okay, what is our, what are our core values, you know, and do we really believe in it? And it's, it was not easy because there's different opinions. There's, you know, understanding what are we saying? Do we really believe who we are? And that was really critical and well worth it. And it was also well received by the rest of the company because they they saw that okay uh, this is not just something that's on the wall it's it's who we are and you guys are making an effort to make it happen that makes so much sense and i do want to dig in a little bit to that you know once you've established the core values once you've you've laid them out because we do have a lot of our listeners are you know work with contractors of different sizes and maybe at a different phase along that journey how do you make it something ingrained in your culture? You mentioned physically putting it on the wall. What are some of the other ways that Dynelectric Oregon was really able to approach being innovative in your culture to to roll out this message or this unified vision of values? Well, I mean, for, first you communicated with, with your people and that's what we've done, right? So after we you know established the core values, after we discussed them, then we had company-wide meeting to to address it. This is who we are. This is in and to explain our people what we've done. This is how this core values came about. And, you know, just that first announcement of this is us, right? Uh, but also incorporating our core values into our daily operation. It's important because it needs to be a, a, a reminder, right? Of, of how we do a business or if we do something that or somebody does anybody in our company that does something that uh, affects in a positive way any of the core values then we just say hey that was part of the innovation you actually accomplished that you know so to continue to make it part of your daily business it's it's important because eventually it's like okay uh, you know then there's the buy-in and it's not just a one-time deal it's part of who you are that's kind of how 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 we're how we're addressing it and it, it seems to be working you mentioned so many great points about, you know, company culture, and that's a continuous learning process. And earlier you said, you know, you can't learn everything possible, but there's so much to learn. You know, how is you, you know, as a leader of your company, how do you continue to learn? Do you attend event, events? Do you have peer groups? Do you have literature that you love to read? So what are all your methods to your madness? Yes. <laughs> all of, Good answer. All of, all of them. I try as much as possible. Yes, uh, reading do uh, read quite a bit. I'm passionate for and hungry for continuing to learn, sharing ideas with our people. But conferences, yeah, those are all those are all tools that that I use to help me continue to grow. And uh, yeah, and we we do that as a company. A lot of it is divide and conquer too. So like even if we go to a conference, like a NECA conference, right? So we have. Let's say we have a few people to go. We, we before we go, we talk. Okay, what classes are we going to take? Who's going to take what? And then we do this divide and conquer. So then we can share the ideas and benefit as a as a company. And 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 also, if there are other conferences that let's say I don't go, but other people in our company go, when they come back, they have to, you know, present the material and communicate. Okay, what did they learn? And then what? member or which member or what division in our company can benefit from it. So it's not just one person, right? How do we magnify that information to benefit the company? You know, the culture of learning is, and I, and I mentioned this before, the importance 
for our people, for a company to understand what that means, because that, that is fuel for the innovation and making the competition irrelevant. If you establish this culture of learning, that's when you can say you have arrived. Because, and, and I think that there is a misunderstanding of what that really means. Just because you have a training program doesn't mean that you have a culture of learning. So the the, the, the big difference between it is it, it's training is what somebody receives. Learning is what somebody does. Right, training is it's got uh, uh, obstacles because you need either a teacher or material or or a building. But learning you can do anywhere, and and when you your people believe in that, then it can happen anywhere. Right, when you have people on the job side that see somebody else that's in need of help, they don't know how to bend this piece of pipe, or and they stop, and they say, "Can I help you?" That is the that is the result of a culture culture of learning. And I think that's that's a really important part of the innovation. That's that's so powerful. And um, I think you really drive home a strong point, Doran, about just continuing to seek that knowledge, continuing to, to grow and and celebrating not always having the answers. So I think that's that's definitely something that I'm taking away from this conversation. As we as we think and talk about, you know, you mentioned you you started in the field and you've worked your way through so many different roles and your own journey in construction. What would you say are some of the technologies or innovations that have really changed the way that electrical construction work has been done in the last uh, let's just even narrow it down to maybe the last five or 10 years? What do you think is has really changed the game? Well, I think uh, the biggest one in my mind is the utilization of model, 3D model, BIM. I think it's, I used to be, a few years ago, there were customers that we had that required BIM to have a model project to some extent. And I was so scared of it. I would, I would tell our people, what is the minimum we can do? Because it's not really helping our people. Right. It was kind of like the out of all the people, Bill Gates had this saying where technology implemented to an efficient, uh, inefficient operation will magnify the inefficiency. But technology implemented to an efficient operation will magnify that. Right. So in the beginning, modeling was introduced. Unfortunately, there was not enough time in the schedule to properly utilize it. Right. And it would end up affecting our, our productivity. And so I was telling our people, let's just do the minimum amount. And to now, I see huge benefits in it, right? To now, I'm going, okay, what else can we model? Because now we use it more than just what the customer is wanting for, but we'll use it for prefabrication. And, and it's continuing to evolve and uh, touch other aspects of, of what we do, right? Between, you know, scheduling now and, and even estimating, right, from the model. So that is the biggest technology impact that I could see from my perspective and and, um, and again, is continuing to develop. I love that, you know, especially for, for modeling and BIM. I mean, I still love my, my favorite statistic when I first started four years ago, it was two questions. It was, what did, do you feel the need that BIM, for BIM in your company? And it was like 70% were like, yes. And then the second question was, do you know what BIM is? And about 70% said no, but they, they knew they needed it. They just didn't know how to approach it yet. I like that. So in terms of Dynelectric, research and development is huge. And I want to know, what does your process look like? First of all, we made it, we made it a, a full-time job because everybody has R&D to an extent. 
right? Everybody has great ideas, but nobody has time to really develop the ideas into reality. It's kind of like uh, the saying, you don't have time to shut off the faucet because you're too busy mopping the floor. And that's the problem. It's like we have great people that have great ideas, but they also have a full-time job. So what we we realize that, and so looking and taking a closer look at it and understanding the importance of, of, of research and development, we decided that we need somebody to do this full-time. So we hired a person that that's what it does. And we didn't know in the beginning, okay, how is this going to work? What, you know, we're usually pretty good at writing a job description for a known position, right? But this one was was very unique, very new to us. We just needed, we, we knew we needed uh, this position. And we did that. And then we found the right person, which is not even, doesn't even have a background in electrical, which is has a background in, 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 in construction, mechanical and engineering. and But yeah, so not only finding the, developing the position, but finding the right person in that, because that was, that was the other thing is, okay, we know we need this position. Let's advertise it. We were thinking who in our company can fit that profile. And, and uh, we posted the, the position and nobody really, we didn't have anybody in the company that actually wanted it. Because they're too afraid of what does that mean? Or what what is it going to be required of me? And and I was very interesting. But looking back now, we have the right person and, and it's it's made such a big impact in everything we do from from a simple process to an actual improvement of a tool or a piece of equipment. And having that position where they are not committed to one project, but rather they are able to think and communicate and collaborate and take time to experiment. It's huge. That is such a great example of knowing what you want the vision to be. And even if all the details aren't quite laid out, taking that first step, putting out the catalyst to, to get there, which is which is a huge part of innovation. And I think one of the things that I'm really curious about is you know when you think of building the future and when you think of of how to approach new ideas one of the things that comes up is is it it, it all goes back to that ROI right like you're trying to expand your market share your market influence and that was something Doran that you had uh, you actually recently spoke at our MEP innovation conference on, you know, the process of innovation in business. How do you approach expanding into new markets or, or, you know, buying or building or growing your company? Can you share a little bit of, you know, your advice or your perspective on how a company, how our listeners can continue to strengthen and uh, expand their, their, their market influence? Absolutely. I think I think a very important component of that is is the willingness and ability to change as a company and to accept change and to understand that change is inevitable and it doesn't just happen once. It continues to happen as the company continues to grow. You're going to hit inevitably you're going to hit ceilings and the tendency for that is either to back away from it or to go right through it. So having that understanding, I think, is really important your people understanding that it's really important that changes are inevitable and how you deal with them and continue to to address them. I think it's very important. So that's, we continually assess that, right? When we say, okay, we have a goal on certain percentage on prefabrication, we do improve, but then all of a sudden we feel like, okay, something is happening here. Then we have to assess again and say, okay, why, instead of being surprised about it, but understanding that it's part of that 
evolution of, 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 of improvement and, you know, and do something about it. I think that's really critical, understanding that, that change is part of the growth and addressing it in a way that's sustainable and, and uh, that brings results. I think it's, it's, I think it's really important. So for you as a company, especially hearing about need to change, how do you measure success? Like, how do you, how do you know, like, yes, I implemented that. That's, we did good. You know, how do you actually measure that success? Well, I, it's interesting because this is a phrase that I use a lot and my people know that, and it's not, I didn't come up with, I think it was uh, Marissa Myers that came with it, former CEO of Yahoo. It says that if you cannot measure it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't matter. You can give me an opinion, but you have to be able to measure it. Until you can measure it, it is an opinion. And quite often we are foolish enough to argue with an opinion, which you can't do that. Everybody's entitled to it. And so coming up with with ways to measure it, it's really important. Having processes in place to say, okay, well, you know, how many hours are we really being productive in the field for an individual, right? We're saying 30%, let's say, you know, you work 10 hours a day, three hours, the rest. Well, okay, how do we know that? You have to challenge your people to actually say, okay, what is it? And so that means having somebody in the field doing quantity surveying and, 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 and coming up with some metrics, which is not easy to do. It's important to do that, right? To engagement, measuring the engagement of your people, because that's really the ultimate. It's going back to the culture of learning, what I just said. But from my perspective, right, measuring success is when I see our people being engaged and when I see things getting done and me having nothing to do with it. That is, for me, like the ultimate success, right, in business is when I'm, when I'm gone, nobody will notice. That's my definition because that's when I know I've done something right. But yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's important that, that success is measured and the people know about it. So, yeah. There's definitely a lot to a lot to think about today. And, you know, Doran, we talked about so much, right? We talked about growth uh, personally. We talked about growth in your company, uh, culture, and you gave some really great, powerful, specific examples of what Dynelectric Oregon does. And I think, you know, as a leader, it's just always so great to hear from you. I'd love to have you just kind of put a bow on this conversation and share one last takeaway or one last piece of advice for our listeners as they as they wind down this conversation and go back to to the real the real lives and their work ahead. Well, there's there's a quote that comes to my mind that I use it a lot, and it's one of my favorite by Einstein. It says that keep things as simple as possible, but not simpler. So it's pretty deep for me because, like I said earlier, our industry is, is at a crossroads trying to figure out what technology we could use so it's not going to actually be detrimental to our performance, to our people, but actually improve, right, and help. There's so much coming at us from the technology aspect of it, from customer and, and, and all this, that if you don't simplify things and find a way to simplify things and really see clarity, that can, can put uh, your company uh, in a backwards direction. And so to me, it's, I always think about that, right? But not simpler to where you don't do anything about it. So that's, that's what I want to leave the audience with. And That's awesome. You know, and one of the things is when I go back to these episodes, I always pick out, you know, tagline and you just gave me so many. I'm just, I'm left with the profound statement of, you know, success 
when you're able to leave one day and they'll never know because you've created a sustainable setup. So I love that. Thank you so much, Doran, for being on the show with us today. And thank you for your insights. For all of our listeners, feel free to reach us at innovation at newconnect.org with any questions or comments. We look forward to hearing your view of innovation and the challenges ahead.